0: beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone, help me climb out of the dark, miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her, must have been my fault and this pain, it'll never go away. Until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful. Grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch, and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Well, hello, beautiful. We're back for part two of our Triggers, Triggers, All Things Triggers that I promised you this week. And I'm really excited to kind of recap a little bit of what we spoke of on part one and then dive into part two. But before we get started, if you are struggling with triggers, if you're struggling to find boundaries, how to set boundaries, how to implement them, create consequences, how to communicate boundaries to your spouse, and how to really stand firm in them, and again if you're struggling with triggers as well anything regarding your betrayal trauma you are obsessing about his affair and just cannot stop well beautiful i have some spots available right now for the month of april i'm taking some new coaching clients for the month And I have a spot just for you. Down below in the show notes, you can book a 20-minute free clarity consult with me where we can jump on, find out where you are in your healing journey, and then we can look at where you would love to be on the other side of recovery, and we can devise a plan to get you there. Like I said, I've got a few spots open. I'm now taking a couple new clients for the month of April, and I would love to help you in your journey of recovering from betrayal trauma. It would be an absolute honor to guide you through the methods that I use are tried and true. We not only use a little bit of talking about what you've been through, but we rewire the brain. We also move into somatic techniques to help you release the trauma that is pent up in your physical body. And then we could reconnect back to God. So we look at the whole entire woman, mind, body, and spirit, so that you can be healed Completely, and I would love to help you in your journey. So, below in the show notes is that link. Make sure to click on that, get yourself on my schedule while you can. I only have a few spots available, and I would love to journey with you. All right, beautiful. Let's jump in. So, a quick recap from the last show. We talked about triggers, we talked about what they are, we also talked about why you have them, and we also talked about the different types of triggers. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's episode 76, it's down below in the show notes. Make sure to go and listen to that because it's a precursor to this one. They kind of go hand in hand. It'll help you to understand a few things that you kind of really need to take a look at. But I want to kind of give you just a little idea of triggers. And so first I want to talk to you about, you know, what, what are they? What are triggers? What does it mean to be triggers? I'll kind of recap that with you really, really quick, but triggers basically are, um, a reaction to a traumatic event that you have experienced. It's the way your body is reacting. Your body is remembering this a uh, traumatic event and the trauma of it has been stored within the body now this comes from the body keeps the score brain mind and body healing of betrayal trauma this is by Bessel van der kolf and he's renowned expert in trauma and he this is a fabulous book it's a great resource But he also explains in there why we have triggers from trauma. And it's our body's way of housing it. And we are recalling that traumatic event. So we're remembering it. So that's why we have the triggers because it's an an automatic response to it it's an example of this would be like an abuse victim um where they are actually uh their body is remembering the abuse it's kind of portrayed in a movie-like manner and this can be set off by a certain smell it can be set off by music it can be set off by you know going and riding by a certain area um it can be an anniversary date And these are the different ways that we can be triggered. These are kind of like the causes of triggers, right? Physical illness can cause it. Maybe, like I said, it can be, you know, a violent movie that's being watched, loud noises, um, financial problems. All of these things can cause a trigger to come up. But today I want to help you when it comes to um, recognizing triggers, like how do we know if we are, being triggered well there are certain symptoms that come up when we are actually feel like we're reliving the traumatic experience and while triggers are different from everyone trigger symptoms are often the same so some of the ways you can recognize if you are really being triggered is where all of a sudden you've noticed You have an elevated heartbeat. Maybe you notice that your palms are sweating. You're having difficulty breathing or taking a deep breath, feeling scared or panicked. Anxiety has started to rise within. You're feeling extremely unsafe at the moment. Maybe you're unable to control your emotions at the moment. You're very hypervigilant and you're through the roof over something very, very simple especially with moms. Moms can fly off at the drop of a hat at the children and not understand why, and usually this is a trigger response. Another way to recognize if you're being triggered is all of a sudden you have this, this urge deep down inside to run away or escape. Maybe you are trying to numb out so you don't feel what you're currently feeling. Maybe you have a physical sensation going on in your body. You're noticing that you're clenching your fists or your jaw. Now, for me, I noticed early on some of my triggers would manifest themselves When I would be driving, and I don't know if it was because, you know, when you drive, your mind has a chance to just kind of start to wander, right? And so when I would be in the car driving, I would notice that my legs and my arms, the muscles would be extremely tense. And I would notice when I would get out of my car that I would feel like I had done you know, 50 squats. It was just crazy. Then when I started to notice the pattern, I realized that there were a lot of moments while I was driving that I was actually triggered subconsciously and did not put, you know, um, the idea bulb didn't come off from me. What was the trigger? Well, beautiful for me, subconsciously, my body and my mind was remembering when he told me she had actually been in my car a few times. And so here I was driving this car at the moment, and my subconscious was remembering this, and it was manifesting in a trigger. And so it was causing physical sensations and tensions in my body. Maybe for you, uh, you have a delayed outburst of anger or sadness or flashbacks of the traumatic event of D-Day when you confronted him or drip disclosures that happened over a period of time that can also be a memory that triggers you. Maybe for you, it's ruminating thoughts or negative thoughts that roll over in your mind, like a hamster wheel over and over and over again. This could be the trigger, right? Or another way to recognize that you might be triggered is an unpredictable change in your mood. Now, again, I dealt with this because I am normally one of the most positive people that you will ever meet in your life. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. It's just, that's my personality. I'm just a very upbeat, very positive person. My cup is always half full. Well, during this time, I noticed that that changed for me and I started to look at things very differently my mood changed i noticed that there was a constant sadness that was following me for months and months i noticed that i was always i felt like i had this um helmet and that's how i described it a helmet on my head that was like a vice grip and and it altered my mood. My mood was not always upbeat. I had to fight to get that positive mood to even come forth. So for me, I noticed the changes in my mood. Now any of these symptoms can arise in response to the triggering stimulus. However, what makes triggers so tricky to identify is their highly uh, individualized nature. So again, let me kind of remind you a little bit of some examples of common triggers and the possible responses. That way you can kind of, kind of put two and two together here. Let's say um, for some people, it's a person who lost their parent around Christmas. Well, they may get very sad, argumentative, they might withdraw during the holiday season. That is kind of like this common trigger. This is the response that they have during that anniversary time period, and their subconscious, their body is remembering that. I shared in episode one, part one of this uh, little mini series on triggers, for me, Uh, March 25th of this year, my subconscious and my body was remembering that that was the date I actually first came across all the phone records of two years that he had been calling her phone number that's what sparked the investigation that led to april 3rd which we're coming up on three years was the date of d-day when all that information came in from the investigation and it was our confrontation day and so march 25th i woke up that morning i was very sad i was very weepy I didn't really put two and two together on the date, but my subconscious and my body remembered it. So that was a common trigger and a possible response. So what in the world can you do to actually start to move through and you know, heal through these triggers so that they're not controlling you anymore. Well, that's what I want to spend the rest of our time today kind of helping you with. You know, when a trigger happens, you can feel like you have absolutely no control over your current situation. You you feel like your feelings have run amok, uh, your body is just shaking terribly, and you're out of control. And it can leave you feeling terrified. It's very frightening. Well, let me tell you why you feel this way. It's because the part of your brain where the trauma is actually housed, where it's stored, is called the amygdala. And that's being overstimulated and it's being hijacked. Um, And I'm sorry, it's not being hijacked. It's actually overstimulated and it is hijacking, what's called your prefrontal cortex. And this is your logical brain. So it makes sense. Your logical brain has kind of shut down. It's hijacked and you can't think straight. You can't reason straight. And so while you're experiencing this trigger that has decided to rise up, you don't feel safe and you're not able to communicate effectively and you're not you know able to process like you normally can all of that is completely diminished and so you need to be able to help your logical brain come back into a safe oriented space. You need to allow that logical brain to get back into the driver's seat and take control again so that trauma brain is not ruling the roost, right? So here are a few ways. I want to kind of walk you through a sequence today that when you're experiencing a trigger, when it hits, this is going to help you tremendously. So get out your pen and paper, beautiful. Write these things down, because this can be a game changer for you. I know it was for me. The very first thing that I want you to do is I want you to stop. Just stop. Whatever you're doing, stop and slow down. That's what I did when I had that trigger come up last week when I was very weepy. I kind of sat down in my chair and i was like what is going on this allows you to kind of put the focus back on you and what you need at that moment that's what i did the second thing that i did as i after i stopped and paused i started to breathe very slowly because you'll notice when you're triggered you have a tendency to start to hyperventilate a lot of times. Your breathing is very elevated. Your heart rate is really starting to beat fast. I know mine feels like it's flip-flopping in my chest. And then you just feel like you start to shake. So breathe slowly. Take a deep breath in through your nose, exhale through your mouth. Feel this in your belly, like a deep, deep belly breathe and feel your belly moving in and out as you're breathing deeply and exhaling deeply. And whatever you do, don't hold your breath beautiful. We have a tendency to do that when we're stressed, but don't do that. The amygdala part of your brain is overstimulated and it's sending what I call those little red lights or those signal lights, right? Alert, alert signs. And it's telling the rest of your body Alert, alert, as if it must quickly react to a dangerous situation. It doesn't know the difference between a trigger or the actual event or a trigger and actually you being chased by a bear at this moment. It really can't disseminate between the two. It just says, whoa, Will Robinson, we're in danger. But here's where you need to remind yourself. By slowing down, breathing slowly that you're safe, and breathing slowly will help to calm the amygdala, and it'll send signals back to the rest of your nervous system that's currently dysregulated, and it'll tell your nervous system, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, we're not in danger, and then your nervous system can move back into homeostasis, which means it can start to relax, and it starts to get balanced once again. Then the third thing you wanna do is you want to really self-talk. This is where you, you can speak it out loud or you can say this you know to yourself in your mind, this is just a trigger. I'm triggered right now. And this is where you are acknowledging the fact that it's only a trigger at this current moment. It's not the actual traumatic event It's just a symptom of that traumatic event that happened before. Now, the next thing is then speak to yourself and tell yourself that it's okay to feel this way because, beautiful, you don't want to deny the trigger and you don't want to deny the feeling. Sweeping it under the rug never does any good. It just causes you to trip over it later on. So you want to acknowledge that feeling and let yourself realize It's okay that you feel this way because you're not the one to blame for how you feel during this trigger. It's what's happened to you that is the cause of the feelings. It's not you. And a lot of times we get caught up in that. We feel like, oh my gosh, this is, this is me you know, I should be able to control this better. I should be not feeling this way anymore because it's been six months since this happened. No, no, don't do that. It's what happened to you that makes you feel this way. So acknowledge that and give yourself the grace to actually feel it and to be okay with it. Then I want you to move into the current moment in which where you are right now. You see, when you're triggered, that trigger takes you to that part of your brain. Once again, that amygdala part of the brain that isn't capable of functions like understanding time or sequences, but it's, you know, it, it's taking you in that space. So you've got to remind yourself by saying things and Saying them out loud helps better than saying them in the mind. That you're in the current present. You're not in the past. Now, let me give you, for instance, here you're in the middle of this trigger. You're breathing. You recognize you're in a trigger. You've given yourself the grace to feel it. And now you let yourself know, look, I'm not on D-Day. I may feel like I am. The memory's there, but I'm here and I'm safe. That's how you do that. Things that hurt me in the past are not happening right here and right now. That was then. Right now, I'm safe. So we need to have that logic spoken out loud, that truth, and remember when we know the truth and we speak the truth, the truth sets us free. That's according to scripture. So when we recognize that, It helps our brain, the logical part, kick back into gear and it helps us work through the trigger. Then I want you to remind yourself once again out loud that you're safe because your brain needs to hear you say it. Your brain needs to know you are safe and it's more powerful, extremely powerful, when you can hear yourself speaking these words out loud. It's one thing to have someone look at you and say, look, beautiful, you're okay. Just breathe. You're okay. That's one thing. But it's something about hearing yourself that kicks your brain to a different level and helps you to move through the trigger at a better rate. You can say something like, you know, I actually feel afraid right now. I'm scared. But right now, I'm here in the present. I'm safe. And and it's okay. It's okay. So, beautiful, speak to yourself. I do it all the time. And you're not crazy. <laughs> so the next part is uh, this is where you want to acclimate yourself to your environment. Acclimate yourself to your environment. This is where I want you to notice what's around you. Look. I want you to notice are you seeing a lamp in your room? A plant? Uh, do you see the floor beneath your feet? Then notice what you're touching, ground your toes on that floor, feel the floor beneath your feet. What are you hearing around you in your environment? What does it smell like? What are you currently tasting? This is involving all of your senses. You see, you can't be in the part of your brain that processes the body senses and also be in a full-on anxiety panic attack at the same time. You can't do that. It's one or the other. So doing this by acclimating yourself to your environment, engaging all of your senses, forces the prefrontal cortex, that part of the logical brain, Do more of the work. It causes it to kick into gear and it's taking away the resources from the amygdala. That's the trauma part. So you're, you're forcing your logical brain to start working again. Make that trigger toolkit. This is a great idea that you can put into place so that you can carry this with you in your purse. Because a lot of times we get triggered, like I said I did, when you driving or when you go certain places, and to have things with you that are a normal part of your environment, you know these things, um, they're yours, can be very grounding. So things you can see, touch, hear, smell, and taste. So maybe put in your, you know, you can make a little bag that you can put in your purse to take with you or keep in your car, wherever, but it can have gum. It can have, you know, certain lemon drops, certain kinds of candies that you like. Maybe it is a certain hand sanitizer that you really love the smell of, or it can be an essential oil that you can keep in that really grounds you. Play-Doh, clay. I know that I love some of the stones. They're little small stones that I got from a store of jade that I absolutely love, and I like to touch them in my fingers. Maybe it's certain music that you can play on a playlist. Maybe it's a certain picture that you have on your phone, but engage all of your senses so you can have something that you can gravitate to when you need to ground yourself. All right, then if you can actually, when you're being triggered, if you can actually move yourself to kind of like a quiet, calm space, Oh my goodness, that is even better. Because if you're, let me give you for instance, like when you're driving, right? I know for me, there were many times that I would be triggered. I would pull over and I would park. I would make sure I was in a safe place. And I just would sit in my car because I felt safe and I would have my music and I would breathe and I would have something there that I, you know, I love the smell of with my essential oils. I just love those. Um, and there were certain things that I had with me that would help ground me. So if you can kind of pull over or get yourself to a space and just kind of calm yourself, that would be great. Then I want you to continue focusing in on your body. All right, because what you're doing is I want you to notice are your muscles tense? Are you notice that your jaw is clenched? Do you notice that your shoulders are humped over? Notice your body. And when you do, these are signals that are your body's actually telling you, I'm in a stress mode right now. I'm being triggered and I need you to take care of me. So that's when you tighten up those muscles even more. And then you seek to release them, tighten them and release them. And then you want to kind of, you know, straighten up your back, whatever you're dealing with, see to those parts of your body to help your body relax and to help your body to kind of get back into a balanced state. Allow yourself to feel all the emotions that you're feeling. Because again, if you deny them, it's only going to come and manifest itself at a later date. So while you're in that moment, you're focusing in on your body, allow yourself to feel those emotions. If you're feeling hurt, if you're feeling abandoned, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling very, very sad at the moment, even angry, then triggers are opportunities to release these and validate them and then soothe and release them so that you can work through and they're not controlling you anymore. Holding space for all of your emotions can turn your tears into self-compassion and it can actually turn your anger into a self-protection. All right, another thing that you can do when you're being triggered is to call a safe friend who understands what you're going through. You know, someone who has been journeying with you and understands that you're actually dealing with trauma. If you don't have a friend to do that, Maybe you're a part of a recovery group, or maybe you're working with a trauma-informed coach like me, and you have the ability to send a message to your coach at that time and say, look, I'm right in the middle of this amazing trigger that I'm having a difficult time working through. Can you encourage me through this or walk me through this? I have clients that do that, and I immediately message them back to remind them of their toolkits that they have. I remind them of the the ways they can work through it so that they can employ that. Another thing is to maybe educate, if you're in reconciliation, educate your partner and let them know what it's like to be triggered and ask them to help you through this by helping talk to you and feel your way through it. Then identify the types of things that actually are causing your triggers. Now, this is when, you know, when you're able to um, avoid the unsafe people in your life. Maybe when you recognize that driving by a certain place triggers you, you don't do that right now because you're raw and real and the triggers are too much. I can tell you that after I lost my dad, very tragically, and it, it caused a huge PTSD, Uh, event for me that I worked with EMDR through a therapist with for seven months. The hospital that he passed away at, I did not drive by for an entire year because I noticed that when I drove by that area and drove by that hospital, I was triggered immensely. So for me, I had to take a year while I was working through therapy to avoid that area until I was healthier and now I can drive by it with no problem. So identify the things that are causing your triggers and decide if you need to just stay away from them and avoid them right now. But if you can't avoid them, then practice preventative maintenance measures that are going to help you to work through in case you are triggered. Another thing, you can set and enforce boundaries around these things that help you feel safe. And then you're prepared to respond, right? Okay, then I want you to also use a trigger log. <laughs> this is a great way to help you identify why you're experiencing certain triggers. So when you're triggered, you just start a log, you put down there the date you were triggered, uh, what the trigger was, was it anger, you know, did, were you, were you completely shaking and, and you, you were emotions were out of control, Uh, maybe your heart rate was severely elevated. I want you to put down what the sensations were associated to it and then identify what caused the trigger. Another portion of that is to put down what techniques you use, somatic techniques, breathing techniques, uh, maybe some of the five senses um, toolkit that we talked about. What did you use to work through the trigger. All of this will help you. The more you pay attention to all of these details, the more you can eliminate these triggers, avoid them, or plan alternative choices so that you don't have to deal with them altogether. Now, even if these tools that we've talked about today don't seem to be working at first, I want you to continue doing them. Because the reality is, at first, the effects are probably going to be very minute, very small. But over the long haul, they will accumulate. They will build time after time after time. Just doing something different is helping to create a new healthy neuro pathway in your brain. You're actually helping to rewire your brain. So over time, you'll feel more confident, more capable. You're going to come, become stronger. And eventually, the strength of the triggers will become weaker and weaker. And you'll notice that. I've noticed that if I get triggered over something three years in now, that it's very little and I can notice it, I give myself you know, uh, probably 20 seconds to notice the trigger, I'm able to move through it now. It doesn't do what it used to to me any longer. You know, you might still feel those emotions, but again, they're not gonna have the same power over your mind and your body. And then the last thing I wanna tell you is this, when the trigger has finally passed, that's when you acknowledge that, wow, I used these tools. And I was able to move through this trigger. I was able to not allow it to control me. I actually gained control over it. Allow yourself a sense of accomplishment at this point because you're working with your tools. You're implementing them. You're feeling less anxiety. And when the future triggers come, you're going to be completely prepared you're gonna feel more empowered to master your recovery. So beautiful, let's recap this today, okay? When you are triggered, okay, when you notice anything coming your way, I want you to first stop. I want you to slow down and I want you to start to breathe very deeply. I want you to make sure that you give yourself the grace to feel these feelings. I want you to find and ground yourself and affirm that you are physically safe, that you are in the present, you're not in the past, and use your tools to get yourself grounded so that you can move through the trauma of this trigger so that it doesn't master you anymore. Well, beautiful, I hope this helped you today. Go back and listen to one and two. Make yourself a trigger log. Make yourself a trigger toolkit and really get mastery over these things so that you can go into full recovery. I'm cheering you on and I can't wait to bring a new episode to you next Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your Breakthrough Coaching Call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.